Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanRag Sports. My name is Sebastian Oren and with me is Elliot Niblock and Polly Questel. We've had match week two. It's behind us. Some of us are happy, some of us are sad. We're going to start with the sad person. That's Elliot. Hello, sad Elliot. Hi. Wave, wave. <laughs> and then uh, we got... I'm, I'm waving with two appendages in the middle of each of my hands. But go. those are not directed to you guys. They are <laughs> directed to the manager who... And actually even more so to the board who just didn't think that it was going to be a dumpster fire as soon as Arsenal dropped points. And then it took not very long to drop points. It's like, oh, well... You know, I'm surprised. You know, we didn't hold together very well in central defense. Well, maybe play some goddamn central defenders then. Yes, we'll get more into Arsenal's defeat to Stoke, uh, but first we're we're gonna kick things off with Manchester United taking their second straight four nothing win as they defeated Swansea four nothing on the road, which made Polly very happy. Uh, yeah. What made yeah. you the most happy from this game? Uh, that we are exciting. We are fun to watch again. Like I'm looking forward to Saturday's game for the first time in like four years. Yeah, that's like, hyper- I, that might be hyperbole. Well, I guess Louis Van Hall was there for a while. Yeah, he was there for two years, and we were boring under David Moyes. We were boring under Van Hall. We were boring last year. Like yeah. this is the first time since Robin Van Persie was scoring goals in every way, shape, and form that I'm like, yo, get me to Saturday because I cannot wait to sit down in front of my TV and watch this team play. Yeah, it's I'm, like, I'm like upset that we don't have a midweek game this week. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah, it seems in, like in the yeah. David Moyes years, it was like, oh crap, I have to wake up early and watch this team play again. Yeah, it and seems it like never something to forward to. It seems like Mourinho's sort of losing the reins there a bit and just realized that he has very talented players and he should let them play their their game. Um Henrik Mikitarian, two assists in this one. Uh, goals from Bai, Lukaku, Pogba, and Martial. Um, so yeah, another four nothing win. United, you know, sailing high, but it's only been two games. I want to put exactly. that. I want to put that little thing in there because the hype well, train, and, uh, the hype I mean, train is choo chewing along this trail right now. It is. I mean, it's happy. It's it's exciting. I understand that. I mean, last season, like you said, Paulie was. Dreadful to watch yeah. all those draws and now starting the season off this way. It's, yes, it's very promising, but it's only been two games. Yeah, and I got a text. I got a text from one of my friends in England, uh, like in the 80th minute. And he was like, "If we play this way every week, you know, we're just gonna run away with the league and like dominate." And it's like, first of all, yeah, no duh, but like we're not going to play this way every week. That's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And to it, and but like what I responded with was. Don't be an Arsenal fan. You know, like it's only two games in. You can't win the league in, in September. So, you know, there's a lot of time left. Things can happen. Uh, you know, once the uh, once the cups and the Champions League and suspensions and injuries and picking up a knock here, a knock there. You know, like Ander Herrera hasn't seen the field yet. But will the team? You know, if if one day Juan Mata can't play and we just decide to go a four three three with Ander Herrera in there, like will the team be the same? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a valid question. Well, and and also, Swansea had the best cha- had the best first best chance in this game, and very nearly scored. And I mean, again, like I don't, and no one can argue that United are playing anything less than superb football right now. But I mean, it, it is it's those thin margins, and it's who know, who knows, right? Like seeing a team that is going 
you know, gangbusters four nil two weeks in a row. Awesome. The stuff of champions is can they, you know, can they let in that early goal on the break that Swansea nearly had converted, and then come back and win for one? I mean, that remains to be seen, but. I mean, you guys still have to be over the moon. Let's yeah, be could, like, it's it's what makes a champion is can you eke out that one nothing victory when you yeah. don't have your stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, like when yeah. when nothing's working and it's the 85th minute and it's still nil nil. Like, can you dig down and find that goal and walk away with that crappy one nothing win? That's the yeah. No, I mean, it, and exactly the concerns like the-, the concerns that I've heard in the media I think are extremely valid. It's what happens when this team is going to chase a game. And I think those are valid concerns because that's when Mourinho will start to micromanage. You'll see more of Fellaini because he's going to be like, let's pump balls into the box. And when this team, when if you're sitting back, as we've seen, uh, it takes them a while to uh, break down a team who's sitting back. I did think, you know, against Swansea, I wasn't as worried. I thought we're trying different things, which is good, and we'll find a breakthrough eventually. And then as soon as you open up against us, we make you pay. Yeah, and that's fun to watch. But it's yeah, when if we're chasing a game, if we're down one nil, and you're sitting back, how will this team react? And I think that's a valid concern. Mm-hmm. If we take a look at Swansea, though, they got one point out of their two first games here. Uh, they go up against Crystal Palace their next game, but selling off Sigurdsson. You know, they need, they really need a replacement in there or a couple of players to sort of bolster that squad because, I mean, it didn't look, once United got the lead, it was it was pretty much over. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, it's it, it, Swansea are going to be in a relegation fight all season. I happen to think that they will get relegated. They're just not good. Yeah. But at the same time, they got one point uh, out of their first two games when you look at the schedule and you see you have Manchester United game two, you're not expecting much more than one point in your first two games. Mm. Uh, United on the same points as Huddersfield and West Brom, who also have two straight wins. Uh, Let's talk about newcomers. Um, Huddersfield, 1-0 win over Newcastle. That was on Sunday. Uh, Lone goal by Aaron Moy or Moy. And, I mean, that's another team that looks in bad shape at Newcastle. I mean, Rafa Benitez is already falling apart in the post, post-match interviews. I, didn't, I did not. I admit you entirely. I did not see the Newcastle post-match interview. I mean, did he fly off the handle or was he just uh, he was, he, team? Was, he was complaining that he hasn't been able to buy the player he wants and that it's going to be a, a long season and, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, but that's – so here – again, we come to the question of the transfer window still being open. Like, is this is this him trying to get a platform to have the board loosen the purse strings oh, yeah. a little bit? Oh, yeah. You know? I, it's which, – which, again, this is maybe to the, the point of keeping the window open until a week or two into the season is that well, all right well now you get to have that platform and say see i told you look this newly promoted team just ran all over us which th- i mean they only got a one nil victory but huddersfield looked the better side in this match oh yeah yeah it's it's interesting to see because i mean newcastle and i think they made a good point in the uh the studio afterwards it's like yeah, they won the championship because they basically had better players on each each position than every other team. 
But now it's a totally different, you know, totally different story where they go up against teams that are much better on them on paper. Whereas I feel like Huddersfield have sort of, at least initially, adapted well. They they made sure they made Moya permanent signing. They you know Tom Ince is in there. He played well, and uh, yeah, we'll just see if they're better suited of making more of a more of a challenge of staying. Like, I don't know if I like that because it's, you know, there's also something to be said about, all right, so maybe you had better players than everybody else last year, but if you're keeping the same players, uh, all right, they're not better than everybody, but that's the same thing with the championship every year is one team wins. Maybe it's not because they have better players. Maybe it's because they have mostly better players, but they play well as a team. But then when they go to the Premier League, they're not going to have better players. But if, but there's something of value to to be said about keeping those guys together, which is, you know, what Bournemouth did, and um, I'm blanking on the other team that I was going to use as an example, but other teams have, yeah, Burnley have done that. You know, uh, as for Huddersfield, no one could have seen this coming. They went through the playoffs last year and didn't score. So no one could have seen them all of a sudden potting four in their first two games. No, and a lot of those goals are beautiful. I mean, the goal that they put together against Newcastle, again, not their only chance of the match, was fantastic link-up play. I mean, it was... It was a fantastic goal all around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm. We'll I admit, see. I'm. I'm flabbergasted by what Huddersfield has been able to put together so far. Again, as you said, Paulie, in the same breath as you don't win the league in September, you don't guarantee not being relegated in September. But no, I mean, but getting getting six points before September certainly helps. Oh yeah. I mean, I I just think that. Uh, Good old Professor X is uh, putting it in for his club and knocking in the goals via telekinesis. <laughs> he might yeah. be. Might be. Might be. Okay, so let's move over to before we get to Arsenal, let's talk Tottenham, Chelsea. Chelsea taking a two to one win thanks to two goals by Marcos Alonso. And Spurs got on the board thanks to an own goal by Bachuai. That was a fantastic finish. By God. Like What, the own goal? Yeah, I, yeah, you have to you have to say he wasn't defending there. I think he, like he just forgot which way he was going, right? Uh, maybe I mean it was a because that didn't look like he was even trying to defend that <laughs> ball. That looked like he was trying to head that ball right into like, exactly where he got it. And then when you saw his reaction, his reaction wasn't like a oh I I got that wrong. His reaction was like oh my god that was such a mental screw up. Yeah. Not like, yeah. oh, I went for that and I mishit it and it didn't go where I wanted it, to, where I wanted it to go. That was just like, oh my god, I can't believe I just brain farted and did that. Yeah, sort of that. What is it? Is it a Japanese hockey player that scored on his own goal and celebrated, and then he's like, oh no, that's a classic. Maybe. That's a classic. <laughs> that's classic. Yeah. <laughs> Another really good one is there's a clip from. Uh, I think it's the Swedish second division hockey. Guy scores. He just turns around to hug the first person, and it's it's a guy from the opposing team. So he gets punched <laughs> in the face. That was. That's I think I've seen that, but I will say, like, you are the only person in the world that I think would be able to quote like a a second division Swedish hockey. Yeah, that's true. Situation. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to this game, though. Marcus Alonso, two goals. Thank you. I had him in my fantasy lineup this week, so I was happy about that. Uh, you know, chips in a couple of goals here. Who's this Diego Costa? They don't need him. You're missing the big story of the match. Big story of the match. Give it to me. David Luiz playing central midfielder, which is like, 
has has now become like my favorite thing ever. Like we need David Luiz in central midfield every week because that is like a you never know what's coming next. Is it going to be a 40-yard screamer or is it going to be a two-footed studs high tackle? You don't know. <laughs> well, they they went they went with the but really it weird be formation. One at any point. Yeah, it was a weird formation. It was 3-4-1-1 or 3-5-1-1. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was just like William his job was to chase um everything uh alvaro morada his job was to be left wide open in the box and miss the easiest header you'll ever see in your life yep i actually i was in uh, involved in a trade in fantasy and it was like changed out morada for gabriel jesus who god come on hmm. jesus jesus is it the hard j Polly? is it the hard j hard j hard j brazilian <laughs> it's hard j yeah, but I was like, Murata, you're not impressing me. So let's hope that uh, Gabriel Jesus does better than Aguero this season for the sake of my fantasy side. Yeah, we'll see. But Murata's, you... I mean, he's, I, I, he's a, still a player I rate highly, right? Like, I mean, it, it seems like a platitude at this point. You know, it's, I mean, he, it's just... he's good, but I would rather have Diego Costa. I don't know. I mean, yes and no. I he, probably, he will give you but... the goals. Well, but okay, here, let me, let's talk about Paul Pogba in relationship to this, though, because what I was going to say is that it seems like this old platitude that, yeah, it takes time to get used to the league, but it kind of does, because the reason that we host this podcast is because I think we all agree it's the best league in the world, and we say frequently, we read all the time about how players need to get accustomed to the physicality and the pace of the game. And then when you see them do that, suddenly Paul Pogba is having the first two matches of this season, what everybody thought was going to be the record signing last season. And is Murata going to take a year to really get his sea legs? I it's, don't know. It's not just Pogba. It's Henrik Mkhitaryan does it for everywhere he goes. He had a terrible first year at Dortmund and then lit the Bundesliga on fire, was very slow to adapt last year. Mm-hmm. And he already has either three or four assists this year. Um, he's been on fire. Pogba did hit the bar like eight or nine times last year, and he's already hit it like twice this year. Already. Yeah, but I mean, we got, and I, but I gotta say too though that you know Morata's. If we talk, if we talk top flight now, last season he scored fifteen league goals. That was his personal best. Oof. He's been. I actually saw a meme like two weeks ago, and it was just like he was on the bench at Juventus, he was on the bench at Real Madrid. And now he's on the bench at Chelsea. Uh, Juventus, it was, he went to Serie A as like an unproven guy. Uh, they also, who did they have? They had Mario Mandzukic. So like that's, you know, he's obviously going to be the starter and it's going to be hard for Murata to break through, when he, especially when he's 21, playing in a different league and not playing for like a crap team in a different league. He's playing for the best team that also went to the Champions League final. And then he goes to Real Madrid where he's, he's playing behind Ronaldo and Bale and Benzema. Like, that's not going to be easy to break through either. No. So, 15 goals is, is not that bad at Real Madrid where you're not first choice. And now you go to, now you go to Chelsea, and, and we've seen before Spanish strikers sometimes take a little bit of time to adapt. French strike, uh, the strikers that come from the French League seem to, like, jump right into the Premier League. Ones that come from La Liga seem to take some time. Yeah. But, I mean, if we look at – let's look at Diego Costa. He had 27 goals his last season in Spain. Then he had 20 his first season for Chelsea. Then 12 and then 20. 
What did Fernando Torres do his first year? He might have like hit the ground running. Uh, he might have. We'll have to look at that. But first... But what about Roberto Soldado? <laughs> yeah, he was he was awful. Let, we got to go to break here. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back and we'll go through Arsenal's heartbreak. Their one nothing defeat. So stick around and we'll be right back. And we're back, and we're going to talk about Arsenal losing one nothing to Stoke, uh, courtesy of Jesse, or Jesse. How do we say that? He's Spanish. So I guess Jesse. 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 He's got the little thing on the E, too. Uh, I'm going to say his full name. Jesse Rodriguez Ruiz. There we go. Uh, another former Real Madrid player. Uh, still current. He's on loan, I believe. Yeah. Yes, but I mean, it also seems weird that Stoke end up with these players. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but they're, they're, he's going to get a lot of playing time. Yeah. I, I don't get, like, why Stoke is going with this strategy. I just, like, obviously it's good for the viewer if Stoke is, is you know, trying to play football the way we want people to play. I just, I feel like that's a kind of stadium and, and field where it's like, you want to kind of, like, have a bunch of Fellaini's in the team and play like West Brom. Mm-hmm. We should say that he's uh, on loan from PSG. They don't really need him right no. now, do they? No, not really. So, uh, yeah, I mean, good start for him. One, one game, one goal, right? Uh, what went wrong here, Elliot? What went wrong? If we take a look, quick look I mean, at the lineup here, you had uh, Mustafi, Monreal, and uh, Kola Sinak. Which, honestly, on the face of it, is not not a bad back three. It's just... Uh, the, the problem is that you need... For me, you need to have either Murtisacker or... Kashelny in there. Like Mustafi is a player I rate very highly. I think he has a lot of potential, but even if he is way faster than Permartisacker, almost every player in the Premier League is. I was gonna say, I think Peter Crouch is yeah. faster than Permartisacker. <laughs> but but like he doesn't he can't he can't be the rock at the center of defense who is issuing directions to his teammates along the back line. Like that I he does not have the experience yet to do that. I mean, you know, he's he's a German international. He won the Confederations Cup with the German B squad. And he, I think that in order to have a strong, and we just sold Gabriel, which is the sad thing I was going to say, is that in order to have a strong central defense without either Murtisacker or Koscielny, without an experienced center back, then we would need to have two in the back three and then allow the wing backs even more kind of freedom to roam. Mm -hmm. But I honestly, I mean, Arsenal should have won this game, right? Like the, they had a ton of chances. They dominated possession, nearly 80% of possession, but it was, it was kind of a strange and disconcerting feeling in that in week one, when we came in to halftime, having equalized at the death when, you know, Welbeck just barely managed to get the ball out from under his feet to equalize. I turned to my friend and was like, all right, you know, 
2-2 at halftime. I have a good feeling about this. And even though we ultimately went down, we came back and won that game. But when we went in scoreless, I had the converse, even though the scoreline was the equivalent, right, is that even though the, the game is level, I don't feel good about going in at halftime. And then, yeah, they just switched off. But this is, I mean, this is the Arsenal, the old Arsenal stories. We dominate possession. We have a ton of chances. We can't convert. We have a moment of, you know, just kind of defense, defensive space case. And then suddenly we're down one nil and we can't come back and convert. I mean, the, so here's the thing is that you can say that Arsenal were robbed insofar as Lacazette's goal was onside hundred percent it was you can argue that we should have had one maybe two i think only one penalty in the first half but you can make those arguments and i think that those arguments hold water but what they don't hold enough water to say that arsenal deserved to win this game arsenal did not deserve to win this game and i'm just so sick of saying that and it's just it's scary because the the rifts in the fan base are just going to get deeper and more visible and it's going to be a real shit show unless unless Arsenal somehow start winning which I don't I mean the the fact that the board thought they could just paper over the cracks and everything would be fine they had to know they had to know they do that, that every year as soon though. as Wenger drops points <laughs> yeah but every year yeah but no but no but last year was singular I mean, like there, there's been like there's been unrest at the Emirates for trophy drought for a long time, blah blah blah. But you know, Wenger delivered the trophy in the FA Cup. A lot of fans, myself included, really wanted to believe. But the the Wenger out do banners. You, do you remember? The do you remember? The stadiums last year was unprecedented. Like the the rifts in the fan base last year were maybe there before, but what had been small rivulets are now gashes and. Like last year yes, was unprecedented. Two years ago, you guys were clamoring. You said you needed a forward, which you did. You needed another midfielder, which you did. <laughs> and and Arsenal went out there and they said, oh, but we signed Peter Cech, so now we can win the title. No, I mean, it's... And that was an $8 million signing. Like, it's not even like they broke the bank to sign him. I mean, I, I kind of wonder if... Ivan Gazidis has dreams of murdering Stan Kroenke in his sleep for every year coming out and saying, no, we have ambition. We really, we want to be up there with the biggest clubs in Europe. We don't just want to be challenging for the Premier League. We want to be challenging for the Champions League. And then Stan Kroenke is just like, eh, I'm cashing my checks. It's kind of fine. And then Gazidis is like, God damn it. Now I look like a fool, which you know what? Maybe he is. Yeah. I have a question and this might, this might come out of left field. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has suggested it. Uh, you, we went through the team that was selected uh, and how that played into losing to Stoke. Is it possible that the problem is the guy selecting the team? Well, yeah, I mean, we were just talking about <laughs> Arsene Wenger. Exactly. Um, I... I mean, the two the two variables here are obviously one the absence of Alexis Sanchez, right? Like, he's not hurt, right? He's just like no, he's just on break from international duty. He will certainly he will. Okay, you know he'll be back just in time for the next international break. (laughs) Well, he'll he'll play against Liverpool for certain. Um, I I don't pick the team sheet. I mean, the the one thing that I will say that I want to see. 
is, I mean, when we hired crazy Yens on to the coaching staff, I was overjoyed. I want him on the bench. Like, I want him on the bench screaming at people. I want him on the bench screaming at people so much that he gets sent into the stands and banned for a few games. That's fine. I don't care. But, I mean, somebody needs, you know, you saw, I don't know if you guys watched this match, but you saw Steve Bold throw his gum in frustration. I don't want to see Steve Bold throwing chewing gum. Hmm. I want to see Crazy Yen's unhinging his jaw in the way that only he and Jurgen Klopp seem able to do and just screaming down the touchline. And because Arsene Wenger's message is not getting through to his players. Like we've talked about that all last season and they seem to hire him in order to give some of that fire into the coaching staff, put him on the bench. I don't, I mean, you gotta, you've got to do something because the the performance that we saw wasn't as lackadaisical as what we saw at the end of last season, but it, it's it's frustrating. It's so so if frustrating. This, if this is what we're getting when Arsenal lose a game in August, like what's it going to be like in October or February? Yeah. Well, you've just given up at that point. Uh, Elliot, quick question before we move on here. Yes, quick question before we move on. Jeff Cameron. What did you make of his performance? I mean, it was it was fine. I I have to be honest. I was I was watching this game with my Arsenal, not my U.S. glasses on, um, so I, I wasn't really tracking his performance entirely. But I thought he played well. Um, I honestly I, I don't even notice him when I watch Stoke. <laughs> I, and and uh, similarly, but the, but that that in in and of itself does say something for his quality. In terms of, in terms of the landscape of U.S. men's soccer, right? Like, he is a, a serviceable and somewhat anonymous defender in the Premier League who can be on the field and help to keep a clean sheet against a really strong attacking side, and therefore he's the first name on the team sheet for the U.S. defense. He's the most important defender the U.S. has. The defense yeah, is terrible that's... without him. Exactly. No, that's what I mean. But he's just like he is. He is a great journeyman at a mediocre club in the best league in the world. Well, he's not so. Wait, wait. First of all, he's not so much a journeyman because he's pretty much been at Stoke forever. Um, yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe back, maybe squad player. This His wins above something... replacement is like like zero point seven. Yeah, that's because he plays for a crap team. But this goes back to something that we've discussed plenty of times in the past and there aren't that many really good center backs anymore so if you have serviceable and can be out there and keep a clean sheet and your defense is kind of a mess without him that's really good well and again that's you really know what? good and exactly. the u.s is lucky and, to have that and to your point it's you know what you know what? You know what? The arsenal need is a center back because clearly their defense is a mess without one hmm. that's true Oh, let's head over to one of the uh, the premium games that went on uh, NBC Sports Gold. That was West Brom taking a one nothing win over Burnley. A uh, eventful twenty minutes for Hayal Robson Canu. He was subbed on in the sixty third minute, scored the lone goal of the game in the seventy first minute, and then got a straight red in the eighty third minute. 
So good on you. Good on you. And this game this game was only famous because they came out with like the stats that said the ball was only in play for like 47 minutes. Mm. And everybody was like, good. Cause like, and they were like, does this mean we need to stop the clock more? And it was like, no, because nobody wants this game to go on longer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Leicester, they took a 2-0 win over Brighton. Okasaki and Harry Maguire with the goals from that one. Uh, Liverpool, they inched out a 1-0 win over Crystal Palace. Sadio Mane with a lone goal there, 73rd minute. Uh, last game we're going to talk about, though, a little bit more in-depth. That's Manchester City-Everton. It ended in a 1-1 draw. We saw red cards on both sides. Kyle Walker got sent off for City. Morgan Schneidlin got sent off late for Everton. Rooney! Yes. <laughs> yeah, Wayne Rooney opened up the scoring in the 35th minute, and Everton looked like they were Not actually... Nutmeg the keeper. Looked was, like they were heading to the a win there. true Everton-Manchester City fashion. True to Everton because it was Rooney who scored. True to Manchester City because their goalkeeper screwed it up somehow. They've got a goalie who can't use his feet, and they got a goalie who can't use his hands. They can't find the, the finished product. And they're both among the top 10 most expensive uh, goalkeepers in the world. And one's got a what about, terrible What about the Kyle too. Walker elbow, though, guys? What, it, was it really an elbow? I didn't, it's hard to say. It didn't, it didn't look like an elbow. It looked like he looked over and then bumped into him, knowing what he, what he was doing. Considering the stuff that Kyle Walker used to get away with at Tottenham, which somehow Tottenham still gets away with now that it's been pointed out to me, you know, Eric Dyer gets away with a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he gets away with- all these guys get away with murder. Uh, it's almost like, all right, like this is just karma. You're not wearing a Tottenham shirt anymore. And so the rules are you're allowed to be sent off. You get sent off. I mean, bad yellow cards happen. We've seen plenty of them. Yeah. I mean, it, it was the intent that he got booked for. More than yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. No, and I mean, I, th- I think that's the thing. It's just like, it was it was a soft nudge, but he knew and, what he was doing. And you know what? But if, if that's what it was, all right? So it was a soft nudge. But if, that, if, if, if it was the intent, then that's a good play because too many times, uh, like, you know, you get booked for the intent when you're not sitting on a yellow. So it's, all right, I'm going to give you a yellow because the intent was there and it's a warning. Hey, cut it out. But... If that's a yellow when you're not sitting on yellows, it's still a yellow even if you have one. And too many times the ref's going to be like, oh, I can't send you off for this. Like, no, a yellow is a yellow, and two yellows equals a red. The second yellow shouldn't have more weight because of the fact that it has that red card attached to it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let's let's talk then about Morgan Schneiderwin sending off because I think that that is illustrative of that exactly. I mean, I think that he deserved to be sent off. For I mean, it was... It was not a bad foul. I think Aguero exaggerated it hugely, but really? he dragged his foot. Oh, yeah. Shocking. Don't say. Shocking. Um, but yeah. he dragged his foot, and he fouled him, and he was on a yellow, so he's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. I think, I think that was a fair call. But also, uh, you know, Raheem Sterling's goal was beautiful. It was beautiful. Did you see the um, the picture of Rooney celebrating in front of the fans yes and and then he tweeted out like nice to see some familiar faces and then someone actually found because when robin van Persie scored or it might have been rooney scoring in, in that game at the etihad uh because rooney scored the first two goals in that game celebrating in front of that same section of fans and someone actually pointed out that four years apart he found three fans 
that mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously, they're all most of them are going to be season ticket holders, so it's going to be the same fans. But three of them were dressed almost exactly the same, yeah. standing in the <laughs> same place, making the same gesture towards Rooney, which is obviously they're flipping him off. Yep. But incredible. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it shows that it was hilarious. Yeah. I like it. And I good, like it good to them. Stay true to their, stay true to their colors. Yep. That's yeah. true. <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, City, they still have some things to work on. Uh, not the finished product quite yet, even though on paper they should be they should be winning. They need to learn how to play with each other is yeah. what it is. And they, they're playing a new formation, which is different from last year's. Uh, kudos to Pep, who has done what, what Jose Mourinho has done and said, we're much better than you. We're going to control possession. We don't need two holding midfielders. We yeah. have we have guys that are have bought into the system and they're, they're committing to work hard and they'll get back, but we only need one holding midfielder and we can let our attacking talent run wide. But you know how I feel about Pep Guardiola. I think City are due for these performances. Uh, I think when City are, when City are, for lack of a better term, and they're punched in the face, they don't always know how to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, Everton are the first team to ever fail to, like that Pep Guardiola has failed to beat in his first three league matches. I think this is what this is what trips up City, and, and we've seen this happen to City so many times in the last three, four years. But the scary thing is, is like, like uh, you have to say at a certain point. We discussed it earlier. You know, like this will happen to to United too. It's what happens when they get punched in the face, and that's really what's going to decide this title race. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things shape up here. Uh, We'll be back later in the week. We'll recap the Carabao Cup, second round. And then we'll take it. Carabao? Nah, Carabao. Carabao. Uh, And then we'll preview match week three in the Premier League. Um, As always, follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Paul is P. Questel WFAN. And Elliot is... No, no, that was changed. It was changed. There's no WFAN anymore. Uh Uh-huh. Just P. Questel. Just P. Questel. Okay, that's yeah. Gonna... So you have more characters now. To well, no, you, you can. You have 140 yeah, characters. You're still, yeah, you're still, <laughs> still the same. Still the same amount of characters to yell at Polly. Um, and then give Fanrex Sports to follow as well. And Elliot is Keats was better unless you change it too. No, good. No, maybe I will someday. No one's no one's better than Keats. What Keats was better means. That's true. No one. No one's better than Keats was. Yeah. Until next time, have a good one. Bye bye. Thank you.